is it possible that time travelers from the future are using sci-fi technology to steal our apples? And then we travel to India to take a look at a doctor who made a pledge to take care of everyone, rich or poor. No matter how much they could afford, he would provide medicine to them. He took this pledge so seriously, he continued it after he died. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you are doing. Let's go ahead and get this episode started by giving a shout out to one of our legacy Patreons. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Give it up for Chaz. Woohoo! Yeah, come on in, Chaz. Longtime supporter of the show. You deserve more clapping than that. Chaz, you're going to be our... It was just a couple more claps. That's as much as you deserve. Chaz, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Now, Chaz, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to fly all the way out to the East Coast. Long, slow, leisurely journey out there. And it should be leisurely because we need to save our strength. We're going to try to unravel a mystery and... We're not going to eat any apples while we're doing it. You're watching. No one eats apples while they're doing a mystery. You didn't know that? Sherlock Holmes, that was what he always said. He goes, before I solve this murder, give me an apple. They edited edited those parts out. People were like, dude, that's dumb. Take it out of the book. Chaz is flying that carpenter copter so long the audio quality changed. I had to change locations. I took a nap. My allergies are so bad. I'm taking so much Benadryl. I took a little nap. I took a little bad nap in the back of the Dead Rabbit Dirigible, but I'm awake now, and I'm recording in a different location. And speaking of different locations, we finally arrived at our destination. We are at an unnamed suburb somewhere on the east coast of America. I found the story online, so we don't get a lot of details. But we have that. We have that. We have east coast of America in a suburb. And we're in the year 2008. And we see this little house... And this house has an apple tree. Now, I, like I said, I found the story online. It was posted by someone under the name Moody for Foodie. And they said this house had been in our family for generations. And along with this house came this giant apple tree. Now, it's not the type of apples you can eat. I probably should have said that before you got a ladder out and you started filling a basket full of apples. Apparently, there's a difference in apples. I didn't know this. They're Granny Smith apples, but they're really bitter. They're basically like Johnny Appleseed originally planted this tree kind of apples. The apples he planted weren't super edible either, apparently. People used them to make cider or apple pies, and that that's what this one's for. It's this giant apple tree that you can just pull the apples off, and then you look at it, you can't take a bite out of it. You gotta chop it up and cover it in brown sugar and then pastries and have an apple pie. So technically it's an apple pie tree. But this apple tree and the land that it's on, the house and everything, has been in this family for generations. And in the late summer of 2008, the tree had a larger amount of apples than usual. And you're just, again, these aren't, these aren't apples you can eat. The only time you would really pick the apples is when it was time for a pie. 
And how many, how many apple pies can you eat in a year? They're like, guess what's for dinner? And you're like, uh, pork chops? Yes, yes. And a side of apple pie and apple pies with everything. Every time it's time for Christmas, if you're any friends of this family, they're going to give you apple pies. You're like, wait a second. I'm pretty sure apples don't grow in winter. How long have you had this apple pie sitting on your shelf? Jason Biggs keeps breaking into the house and banging the pies. This year, it had way more apples than it normally did. And then overnight, all of the apples disappeared. Every single apple was gone, including... The rotten, the rotten, decaying apples laying around the tree. I don't know much about apple trees, but from reading this story and doing research on some, they seem like more trouble than they're worth. You can't eat the apples right off the tree. But they, they thought it was great. They've had this tree for generations, right? It's been there for 50 years. Every apple's gone from this tree, even the disgusting, rotting ones on the bottom. And everyone's puzzled by this. Everyone in the family's puzzled by this. But the dad becomes obsessed with what happened to his apples. He just couldn't figure it out. Now, if you go online and type in all the apples disappeared on my tree overnight, it's shocking how many articles and how many people have asked this question over the years. Apparently, this is a phenomenon that is repeated over and over again. And despite the fact that it happens a lot, there is no clear answer. And when Moody for Foodie posted this, a lot of people were chiming in with their answers as well. Warthogs. <laughs> Apparently, he lives in the Lion King. There's just warthogs everywhere. And... Moody for Foodie goes, no, 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 I live in a suburb, we're on the East Coast, that's how we got some of this information. There's no warthogs running around, there's no wild boars running around. People started saying squirrels, raccoons, horses. Again, in the suburbs, on the East Coast, not a ton of horses, a lot of raccoons and squirrels, but an entire tree disappearing. And when you search this up on Google, those are the same answers. People say it may be birds, it may be raccoons, things like that. But even then... No one has given a clear answer. They'll be like, set up a trail cam. Set up a trail cam that will record from now until the next apple harvest to see what it could be. Because it doesn't always happen to the same tree every single season. So that's what would make it weird to be wildlife related, right? They would just keep coming back to the same tree. Now, my personal theory is that I don't think it all happened overnight. I think over time, these apples were disappearing, and you noticed it one day. The same way that when someone loses a substantial amount of weight, someone loses 50 pounds, and you hang out with this person once a week, maybe you see them at work, maybe you actually see them five days a week. One day you look over at them and you go, whoa, dude, what happened? You've lost a ton of weight. They didn't actually lose 50 pounds overnight. They lost it every time. You just noticed it on a particular day. That's my personal theory on this. But again, in, in this story, that might have happened. But every single story where, because again, this is common. Now, none of this is really the interesting stuff. <laughs> like Jason gets the time travelers. We don't care about raccoons. We do care about warthogs. They're pretty cool. They sing cool songs. But uh, get to the time traveler stuff that you said in the intro. Well, that was the dad's theory. The dad started to come up with this theory in, in all seriousness. 
that there was a future where you had two big events going on. One, the introduction of time travel. Every human's dream, right? To be able to go back and fix the things they did wrong. And (laughs) apples, apples, right? Apples. You have a future with this sci-fi technology where you could basically go back in time and rewrite history and you have a world with no apples. Something went tragically wrong in the future and apples ceased to exist. Or they were exceedingly rare. You couldn't find them. So they go back in time and they steal apples from other people's trees. Now, Moody for Foodie says, here's the thing. My dad previous to this, went through a string of horrible tragedies and started to have a mental breakdown. It seems like they're doing fine right now, but he was in the throes of this serious mental breakdown (laughs) when you're already trying to make sense of the randomness of the chaos of the unfeeling cold strings of fate. You wake up where you're like, only one thing will cure this mental disease, an apple pie. And then you walk outside, all your apples are gone. You're like, no, my medicine. I'm supposed to eat an apple a day. So, I mean, I'm not making fun of this guy's mental illness, although I'm laughing even as I'm saying that. I feel very, very bad for him when you have that string of tragedies or even just one tragedy. But he was dealing with these tragedies and all of his apples went missing and he couldn't figure it out. He could not figure out how something would take every single apple in one night. Despite my theory, I could be wrong, right? They could have all disappeared over one night. Because multiple people are talking about this, not just in this thread, but all over the internet. So the only thing he could think of... Well, he, there wasn't the only thing he also thought aliens might have taken his apples. Because there was no ladder marks. They said that the tree was right next to the house. Right next to a bedroom window. Nobody heard anything. There's no animal droppings, there was no ladder marks, so like a human climbing up a ladder, a, a normal of our time human taking every single apple off the tree. There's no other evidence, and like Occam's Razor said, when in doubt, time travel. So that is where the father went, and to this day, the father still can't figure out where all those apples went. I'm sure that the tree is back to producing apples, but he still can't figure out what happened there. And that was in the throes of his mental struggles, he believed that it could have been time travelers. Two really interesting things to talk about with this story. One is, obviously, the mental illness, how it impacts our rational thinking, right? To think that there is a future where there's no apples, and so people would use this technology, not go back in time and, I don't know, get some apple seeds... Go back in time and actually abduct Johnny Appleseed himself and you tie him down in a chair. Tell us your secrets. He's like, I would have told you the secrets. I would have planted the trees myself if he hadn't tied me down to this futuristic chair. That would be more rational rational than time travelers coming back and constantly stealing apples. But when you're having these health struggles, these mental health struggles, that makes sense. It's as insane as it sounds, it could make sense. The only thing that could have possibly taken all these apples in one night without leaving a piece of evidence is humans from the future. But then, because we talk about paranormal stuff on this show, we should also address the possibility that there is a future without apples. What I actually love about the time travel, what I actually love about the time travel theory, even though it came out of a man's 
struggles with tragedy in his life is that this tracks right i knew a dude i whoa, whoa, whoa. let me back up here <laughs> let me back up here fbi i never met the guy i didn't know the guy i never met the guy i don't know his name but my grandpa who is deceased knew a dude who was a counterfeiter he counterfeited money i don't know where this guy is I could not tell you where he is or what he or even if he's still alive because my grandpa knew him and my grandpa's passed away, unfortunately. <laughs> Probably fortunately, because now the feds might be looking for him. My grandpa knew a dude who counterfeited money, but he only counterfeited five dollar bills. Because he figured if he's ripping someone off, he's only ripping someone off for five bucks. Now, <laughs> if you have a thousand counterfeit five dollar bills. That's you're ripping off a thousand dollars worth of stuff, right? He had a bunch of these things. I, I I never met the guy. I don't know his name or anything about him. But he only counterfeited five dollar bills because that way he's only ripping someone off of five dollars. If you were from the future and you knew you had to steal something, you would, I think, spread out the theft. Right? You wouldn't want to keep coming back every year and stealing the same guy's apples. That might actually even disrupt the time stream. That guy who you keep stealing his apples, he was supposed to walk out one day and look at an apple and go, you know what, that apple reminds me to not become a terrible dictator and take over the world. Thanks, apple. But if his apple disappeared that day, it would corrupt the timeline. And the next thing you know, he's marching through the streets of Washington with his doom troopers. So they're hitting different orchards. They're hitting different trees over the years. So they don't so they don't turn basically everyone is one apple away from becoming a dictator. You didn't know that? That was in a Sherlock Holmes novel. I think that that might track. I think that might track that if you're going to steal apples, you would not want to keep stealing from the same person, although that would be super hilarious in their entire life. They're like, oh man, why do we even have this apple tree? You cut the apple tree down and they go back in time and they replant it. You cut down the apple tree, you come out, it's even bigger this time with even more apples. You're like, ah. So anyways, is it possible that there are time travelers coming back from the future to steal our apples? It's possible, right? In the world of the paranormal, really anything's possible. And this is a phenomenon that is going on. And people always say it's probably pests set up a trail cam, but I don't think anyone's ever caught footage of every single apple disappearing from a tree in a single night. Ever. Despite the fact that there are a lot of reports of this. So it might be something that it's so mundane you would never think that it had a paranormal explanation. It probably happens more than is reported too, right? People see it and they're like, ah, shucks. Well, that's weird. And then they don't go on the internet and talk about it. It just happens. Who knows? Apples disappearing from a tree overnight could be more common than cattle mutilations. <laughs> yeah, Jason, it probably is. It's probably a bunch of raccoons. Who knows? Who knows? It's a bizarre mystery. No one knows exactly what causes it. There's been no proof of the usual suspects taking all the apples in one night. Interesting conspiracy theory. Maybe he's onto something. Maybe he was just looking for any answer, something to make sense at a time when life was not making sense at all for him. But an interesting mystery nonetheless. Chaz, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We're leaving. We're taking a bunch of apples. We're flying around in the carpenter copter. <laughs> We're grabbing them. We're grabbing these apples so they can't see any ladder prints. We've stole all their apples. We're making apple pies in the back right now. Fly us out in this carpenter copter. We're headed all the way out to India. <laughs>
Have you guys seen Top Gun yet? Spectacular action movie. This is another story that we find online. So again, not a ton of details to locations and dates and times and stuff like that. Here's the thing. It's like feast or famine when you're doing paranormal research. Sometimes you get a street address. Sometimes you get photographs and Google Maps and all sorts of stuff. And other times, because these stories are so weird, people don't like giving out that information. And I understand. It makes it seem more concrete when we have street addresses and stuff like that. But it's just part of the game, unfortunately. So we're in India, which is one of the biggest landmasses in the world and has one of the biggest populations in the world as well. And as far as the time period goes, this story takes place in the past, but we're not talking like the 1800s. It seems to take place, if I had to guess, 90s? Early 2000s even? I don't think it took place that long ago. And I want to give a shout out to Apla Ghosh. For telling this story. Very, very interesting story. There's a lot of ramifications for the world of the paranormal. So let's go ahead and start digging into this. This story is about Apla Ghosh's great-grandfather. And his great-grandfather was a homeopathic doctor. And we don't have his name. We're going to go ahead and call him Dr. Saul. Dr. Saul, by all accounts, <laughs> we only have the one. But Dr. Saul seemed to be the type of guy who you would want to work in the medical field. He was not only very, very good at his job, but he was also kind. He was a deeply, deeply generous person. He treated the poor free of cost. And when they needed medicine, he gave it to them. Now, again, it was homeopathic medicine, so he's like, oh, here's some mushrooms for you. Here's some mustard seed. Put it under your tongue three times a day, and it'll cure, it'll cure your mustard seed addiction. But still, homeopathic medicine, I'm not a huge believer in it, but it's been around for thousands of years, right? I prefer a good old pill made in a laboratory, but I understand that a lot of people don't. And if it works, it works, right? If it works and it's healthy, it works. So Dr. Saul is very, very well known in his community. He helps out everyone, even the people who can't afford to pay him. So when he died... The entire community grieved. And of course, the family, they're in their own private mourning, but to see all the lives that Dr. Saul touched. A few months after he passed away, one of his granddaughters, we're going to call her Vicky, she's in her early 20s, and she comes to visit the house that he lived in. And it's still in the family. She's not breaking and entering. Right now, her uncle lives there, and his family's there, and everything like that. But she's visiting this house, and she's sitting at home one day, and the phone rings. And she picks it up. She's like, that's quite a menacing phone ring. She picks it up. Hello? And there's a woman on the other line. Vicky doesn't recognize the voice. She goes, can I talk to Dr. Saul? Is Dr. Saul it? Can I speak to him? Vicky's a little confused because Dr. Saul's been dead for quite a few months. She figured everybody knew this. But instead of saying that, Vicky goes, um, well, is there anything I can help you with? What's going on? She just kind of sidesteps the question. And the woman goes, I just wanted to say thanks. I really wanted to say thanks to Dr. Saul. My son, he's better. He got better. Oh, I'm so sorry that I called so late that night. But... 
my son was sick and he was getting sicker and I was so worried. And I knew from the past that Dr. Saul could help. So I called him up and again, I really, really apologize if I woke you up. But Dr. Saul told me exactly what I needed to do. And my boy got better. He's better now. And I just wanted to tell Dr. Saul things. And Vicky is confused by this. She goes, when did you call? When did you call? And the woman goes, it must have been just about three nights ago. And Vicky said, I don't know how to tell you this, but Dr. Saul, he's been dead for a couple months now. And the woman on the other line begins to freak out. I talked to him three days. What are you talking about? I talked to him three days ago. I, uh, no, no. And she starts like screaming. She's terrified. Vicky can actually hear the fear in this woman's voice. And the only thing Vicky can do is say, I'm sorry, but sorry you had to find out this way. But, you know, like, I gotta go. You're just screaming in my ear at this point. And Vicky just kind of ends the call as politely as politely as you can as a mother is screaming in terror. Vicky tells her grandmother, Dr. Saul's widow, and she goes, the weirdest thing happened to me the other day. I got a phone call from a woman, and, and she said that Grandpa talked to her just a couple days ago and prescribed some medicine, and it worked. The boy's doing better, but... You know, Grandpa's been dead for a while. I don't know what she could have possibly thought. I mean, did she did she lose track of time? I mean, like, how is that even possible? And Grandma goes, yeah, yeah. That's been happening a lot lately. Vicky goes, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean? And Grandma says, listen, this is kind of weird. I don't really know what to make of it, but I've been getting phone calls from people saying they're talking to my husband, to Dr. Saul. I've been getting these phone calls regularly for the past couple months. That they're calling this phone number, because they have it, right? They've been patients. They're calling the phone number they have, and they're talking to Dr. Saul. But... I've never heard the phone ring. I've never picked up the phone and talked to any of these people until they call later to say thank you. I've had people tell me I'm so sorry for calling so late at night or I'm so sorry I called around dinner time, but luckily Dr. Saul was there to give me that advice and it worked. And Grandma goes, the phone isn't ringing. I'm not picking it up and giving advice. We never hear the phone ring the first time. We don't hear the phone ring late at night. No one's picking the phone up at dinner time. But patient after patient after patient is saying this is happening. We only hear the phone ring when they're calling back to say thank you. And what would happen is each time the grandma or whoever happened to pick up the phone, in this case it was Vicky, would say, I'm glad that your child's doing better, but Dr. Saul passed away a few months ago. 
And the people would flat out deny that that was possible. And then it would start to sink in that this isn't some sort of elaborate prank. He did pass away. And this phenomenon continued to happen until the last of his patients was finally informed that he had passed away. And they stopped calling. It's not that his voice eventually floated away into the ether. It's not that he walked into the light. People stopped calling the phone number to ask for medical advice. Because why would you call the phone number of a dead man? If you knew he was dead. A fascinating story because what it, it when we look at the world of the paranormal, it makes sense. This is a guy who spent his life helping people. And if he somehow found a way to help people even after he died, he would. He went out of his way to help everyone that he could, even if they couldn't afford his medicine or his doctor bills or anything like that, right? He would help you. So why would death stop his generosity if anything he can do house calls now he's floating around like a little casper ghost but the phenomenon didn't end because so much time had passed and the ghosts had faded away the phenomenon ended because people stopped calling the phone number which begs the question if you called that phone number today as you're picking up that phone and you're dialing that number and you have desperation in your heart you need a cure right now Someone you love is deeply ill and you need advice right now. You need a cure. And as that fear is welling up in you, you grab your phone and you dial that number and who will answer? All these years later, would a living human pick it up? Or even today is Dr. Saul waiting for that phone to ring? Waiting for a phone call from someone who needs his help. He's sitting in the darkness. He wants to help. He can help. But because nobody is calling that phone, he just sits there. Dr. Saul, if the story is true, seems like a man who would wait forever if he thought he could help one more person. He would put off the afterlife forever if he thought that staying by that phone could save one more life, could end one more day of suffering. In an era where the medical industry seems to put profits above patients, somewhere in this world there is at least a few doctors who put patients above even their own comfort. And there may be at least one doctor out there who loves his patients so much to this day, he still sits in the darkness waiting for a phone call that will never come. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day.